everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Welcome back to Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. I have a special guest today. Her name is Anna Schmidt, and she is a paranormal specialist. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Theodora. It's great to be here with you today. Where in the world are you? Ah, I'm in Hobart, Tasmania, which is a tiny island state at the bottom of Australia. Oh, that sounds enchanting. <laughs> We're about as far away from everything as you can get. Let's talk about what a paranormal specialist is. Ah, okay. So I work in the energy world and I specialize in clearing people's homes of unwanted energetic disturbances, which can be a number of things. It can be spirits, but it can also be the dark and the demonic level beings that sometimes can be elementals. Quite often there's a lot of energetic imprints that are in the home from people who have lived there before you, if it's a pre-owned home, because people create emotions all the time. And the high, happy, sort of light, bubbly emotions, they kind of waft around in our environment. When people create the lower vibration emotions, like something, things like uh, hatred, guilt, fear, anxiety, distress, things like that, they're embedded into the building, which then attracts the paranormal feeders, which are your dark and your demonic level beings. So they'll hang around in the home and they'll affect people's eating patterns, their sleeping patterns, the way they interact with each other. Quite often, if you feel uncomfortable at home, and you leave home, go to work, go and see some friends and feel great. And when you come back home again, you might feel tired, lethargic, or your emotions might be triggered, you might get angry for no reason. That can be a sign of energetic disturbances in the home. You also work with ghosts. Oh, I specialize in the dark and the demonic level beings. <laughs> Most people love ghost stories. Do you have any of those? I have a lot. I have oh, I have so many stories because the energy world is part of our environment just as much as the higher vibrational beings. People talk about guides, angels, archangels, they're around us, but so are the lower vibrational beings. So I have lots and lots and lots of stories from my client experiences, things that I experience myself. I have a lot of spirits coming into my home on a daily basis, looking to transition into the afterlife. When I work with the, the dark and the demonic beings in people's homes, they're interesting. They can be quite tricky. If I'm due to start a house clearing job for somebody, these beings listen. They're a little bit like Big Brother. They've always got an ear out. They know what's going on in the environment. And I can be talking to a client anywhere in the world 
and they will know that I'm talking to them. They will come into my bedroom, usually maybe one or two nights beforehand, I'll have disrupted sleep because what they're trying to do is they're trying to distract me or put me off doing the house clearing job. I'll get uh, pinches, punches, pokes, prods. Sometimes my night, I have dreams that can be a little bit nightmarish. All they are is they're using tactics to try and distract me from doing my work. So that's a very general sort of story about how these lower vibrational beings work. I work with a lot of spirits as well. So there's a local site out here in Tasmania that was back from convict time. And I used to go there and there would be a young boy there in spirit form named Johnny. Now, Johnny was interesting because the place I used to go to was a mental health facility right back from the convict times, right up until the year 2000. There was a lot of spirits there and they were still there because they were going about their daily routine. A lot of the staff was there. A lot of the spirit souls were there because they didn't know where they'd be going. So if they left their home as they saw it, where would they go? How would they be treated? So they chose to stay where they were. So Johnny was interesting. He came through an experiment we did with some headphones. So I had headphones on and there were people that were asking questions. I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I got the name Johnny in my head. Now, Johnny was a young man who was taken to this facility at birth because he was born with He was born with a disability, and in those days, they wouldn't have known what it was or how to work with it. So we would now call it Down syndrome. And this young man looked different from birth. And when I saw him in spirit form, he had that look of people with Down syndrome. Their facial features are slightly different to the way that other people look. It's very normal. I mean, we're all different. We all look a different way. But this young boy, he hung around me a lot and he used to love to go into different buildings when there were people visiting the site and he would give them these great big bear hugs. Now, to be hugged by someone unseen was a little bit scary for people until I told them about Johnny and I said, look, he doesn't understand social boundaries. He has been here at this facility. When I saw him in my mind, I would say he'd be around the age of maybe 12 to 15 years old. I just got this quick flash off his face. And he loves people so much. He doesn't want to transition. He doesn't want to go to the other side. He wants to stay here and just be at that particular location. So he's he's really lovely. He's one of the lovely spirits that sometimes if I'm talking about him, he'll actually come to my house and visit me of a nighttime. So I know if I get this really random big bear hug from behind, I know who that is, which is kind of sweet in a way. So you saw Johnny, but the other people could feel his hugs? Yes, they could, but they couldn't see him. They were there for a paranormal investigation. So you're going to expect some sort of tugging on your clothing or your your torches might flash or flicker or something. But he was quite physical in his nature because he didn't understand boundaries. So he loved people and he would go up and give people great big bear hugs What do you do in a case like that where he wouldn't want to transition because he was very content where he is? He'll just stay there. And there's lots of other spirits on that side. 
You don't help them transition if they don't want to. It all comes down to free will. It's the same for us in physical bodies. We can choose or not choose to do something. It's the same with the dark and the demonic level beings. There is a place for them in the afterlife waiting room. They don't go off into mass consciousness. That's a little bit too much of a stretch. But there's a place for them. They can go there through free will. So as I say, I do house clearing and I'm a paranormal specialist. I don't hurt or harm any level of energy being. Because when you're working with these beings, you need to be very respectful. And I find that working with the dark and the demonic level beings, if you're respectful, about 85 to 90% of the time you get respect back. There's always a few rebels who don't like people like me. They feel threatened. They feel a bit challenged. Goodness knows why. They get upset when they have to move out of locations. So if I'm clearing someone's home of unwanted energetic beings, they simply go back out into the environment. They'll go and find another place to live, another person to hang out with. They might go to a public event or a public arena somewhere, or they can transition into this place in the afterlife waiting room called the healing space. Let's say, for example, I move into a home that I just purchased and I sense that there are ghosts there. I would contact you and you would come in and you would do a cleansing. Describe how you cleanse a home. Ah, okay. So this is the interesting part about the energy world. All you need to do an energy cleansing is permission of the people who own the property. So when I'm talking to clients, they will send me their address. They'll send me some photos of the outside of the house because I'm very visual. I like to look at something and I like to talk to the building as I'm doing the work. So they'll also send me a floor plan for each level of the home because I'm very OCD when I do my house clearing. So I will go through every single room of the home, I will remove all emotional energy imprints, all trauma energy imprints, which can be, say someone's had mental health condition for a long period of time. That energy would have been absorbed into the room. If people have maybe dementia or they have addictions or they've gone through a trauma where they're bedridden for a long time and they're just, they're just not in a happy state. So I will go through and clear out all those imprints. I leave the paranormal beings to last because they're not going to leave until their food source is left because these energy beings are all attracted to energy. Once the house is clean, they're like, well, there's not really any point us being here. So that's the dark and the demonic beings. They will move out back into the environment and go somewhere else when you cleanse their home and with the home energetically. Spirits quite often will be in homes. They wander the environment. People think spirits only come out at night. I have to say they're with us all the time in every sort of location, whether it's supermarkets, whether it's at the movies, whether it's in your home, whether it's down the pub. Just like Johnny, he's hanging around and he's present where he used to live. That was the only place he's ever known in his whole living life. So he stayed there. So spirits pretty much always want to transition. If they want to go, I will help them. So I use my pendulum dowsing. A lot of people you'll see who do energy work will use dowsing rods, which are two long copper rods, and you hold them in your hand. They're a similar tool that you would use for water divining. 
So I use the pendulum as an external focus point outside my body. Because when you're working with energy, because I'm really, really energy sensitive, I've only got to go down to the local supermarket and I'm like, oh, no, I can't go in aisle three because I know there's something up there. But they usually follow me home anyway because they want help or they're interested in the work that I'm doing. But spirits, once they identify that they're ready to go, I will ask them, what do you need to release? And quite often there'll be an emotional attachment. Say they've died with a lot of grief or they haven't had forgiveness or that they want forgiveness or they've been full of despair and helplessness and loneliness. I will identify what they need to release from a very long list that I have of emotional imprints. And then quite often they're just happy to go to their friends and family. I always say to them, you can go now to your friends, families, pets or partners because not everybody has family. But, you know, some people have pets. Spirits will quite often stay here because either they're fearful or they don't know what's there or they haven't got anyone to go to. You know, am I going to be lonely when I transition? I might as well stay here where there's people that I can just sort of hang around in their homes. Are they territorial? They can be. Do they ever want to chase away the new occupant? Oh, yes. I have a story, if we have time, about a grumpy gentleman. Oh, my goodness. This was a lovely, lovely elderly gentleman spirit. It's quite, quite a funny story. So a lady contacted me through a shop I used to work at, and we organized a time for me to go and visit her. She was a local lady, so I thought, I'm just going to go and visit. So as I get in the car, this is when the distraction techniques start. I heard for my 20-minute drive the worst barrage of swear words that you could imagine for the whole 20 minutes that I was driving. And I knew where it was coming from because it had been fine before we'd organized this phone call. See how they listen? They know. They know when you're coming. I just humored this whoever it was at the time. I didn't know who it was till I got there. Anyway, I arrive at the destination. The lady greets me at the front door and in we go. And her flat was very cold, like it was very cold. And when she opened the door, Her skin, like I was really taken back, her skin had a very pasty grey colour and it 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 was really quite odd. And when I spoke to her, she said, look, I'm normally quite happy and healthy, but since I've lived in this unit, this is a little two bedroom unit, she said, I'm tired, I'm lethargic, I feel like someone is literally draining the energy out of my body. So if I go and visit people's homes, I like to use my body as a dowsing tool. So as I mentioned before, I use a pendulum as an external focus to get my yes and no answers when I'm deciding how many many paranormal beings are present or how many emotional imprints and so forth. So I walked around her little unit. Kitchen was fine. Lounge room was fine. First bedroom was fine. When I went to the second bedroom, she said, oh, you don't want to go in there. She said, I had to move out of there. I went, ah, this is the room I want to go into. So I went and stood in that bedroom. As soon as I went in the door, I heard the swear words again. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to hurt you in any way. 
Now, what it turned out to be, there was an elderly gentleman who had passed away in that very room. He didn't know why there was a young mum and two toddlers in the unit. And she would find that the children's toys would turn on and off, the TV would turn on and off, there'd be things falling off the benches all the time. It was just, she said, it was very uncomfortable living there. Now, what he was doing, he was trying to get her to leave and he was using all the means that he could in whichever way that he could distract her or or make her feel frightened to actually leave. And she's like, well, I I can't go anywhere. Financially, I can't move. So as I'm walking into that room, I didn't get very far. I got about about a metre in the door and I'm like, okay, I don't want to upset this man because like you used before that word territorial, he was very territorial. And I thought the way to work with him is I thought I'm just going to sit on the bed. And I said, look, may I sit on the bed? It's sort of hard to explain is that I heard a nod. I didn't see it, but I kind of felt that he was nodding. So I'm like, okay, I'll just take that as a yes. So I sat on the bed and I was sort of playing with the doona and kind of smoothing it out. And I spoke to him and I said, do you know that you've passed away? And he went, no, this is my unit, my unit. Why is she here? And I said, do you know that you've left your physical body? And there was silence. It was absolutely silent. And I went, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help. I get a little bit teary when I think about this man because when he was ready to go, he came round the bed. I felt the shift of energy because he was quite a big man. Like he had a, even though he wasn't in a physical body, he had a big energy. I felt him move from the far corner of the bedroom. He came round the bed and he stood right in front of me. And I didn't see all of him, my primary sense with the psychic senses is feeling. Sometimes I hear them, sometimes I see spirits, but mostly I feel their locations. Anyway, he stood there and I just shut my eyes so he didn't feel threatened, like I wasn't looking at him in any way. I just said, look, do you have someone that you want to go to? And he said, my wife, like he showed me sort of a quick flash of a lady. And I went, yep, about the same age. I went, yep, no, it's not his mother. Is this your wife? Yes, 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 yes. She she passed uh, two years before me. And he didn't even know he died. He'd simply gone to bed one night and just passed away in his sleep. So then, of course, his spirit has woken up the next morning and just he's just gone about his business. And he's like, why? is this woman and her two children in my unit. Now, you're going to love this. This was so beautiful. I'll never forget the image. Imagine a man with a comb over. Like what I saw is I saw him doing this. Like I saw him licking his hand. He was sort of tidying himself up and he was tucking in. I've got these sort of visuals of him tucking in his shirt and he was all presentable and he he said to me, look, I'm ready to go now. And he said, how do I do it? I said, well, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see your wife in your mind. And he's like, yep, yep, she's there. And I said, what's she doing? She's putting out a hand to me. I can see her hand. I said, I want you to reach out and grab her hand. And away he went. It was was just amazing. Just like that. 
just like that. He had to know that, first of all, he'd actually left his physical body. He died and left his physical body. And he didn't want to be here. He wanted to be with his wife. And when he realised he could go to her, he was like, yeah, I'm going. See, that's what I mean by free will. Within a blink of a second, you can make that conscious choice. Just the same as we make decisions. We either go one way or another way. It's a split second. And away he went. And, you know, I went back and saw that lady, I think it was about 10 days later. She had fully spring cleaned her unit. That room felt light and bright and she'd got a new mattress and it just felt clean and really friendly and welcoming. And her skin colour was the normal sort of pale pink, slightly tanned, depending on you know, what your skin colour is like. But she just looked, she looked happy. And I'm like, job done. You know, I felt, I love what I do. Like I seriously love my work. Do you have any stories about the dark and demonic beings? Ah, yes, I do. I have a very recent one from this week, if you're interested. Oh, okay. Yes, this, this is very fresh in my mind. I recently worked on another local house here in Tasmania. And another local people live in the city where I live because I'm getting a lot more referrals now from local people. They're kind of opening up and it's not so woo-woo, sort of crazy, a bit weird stuff. It's actually when you get a referral from someone you know, you're like, well, this is real and it does work and it is effective. Okay. So I went to see this lady at a house and again, she looked a bit pale and she looked a bit unwell and she's like, I just can't live here. I just can't live here. There is just something not right in this house. I walk around again, so I like to walk around the house, and she was okay. I don't touch anything. I use my body as the dowsing tool. We walked into her bedroom. She had a secondhand bed, so I said, look, I'd like to clear your bed for you because people who have slept in beds, sat in chairs, when you buy that furniture, you're inheriting all the energetic imprints that come with it. And sometimes, only sometimes, the paranormal beings that are attached to those imprints. There was the most beautiful antique wardrobe in this room. Now, the wardrobe came with the house because it is simply too big to move. You would have to pull it apart. And it is just carved wood, beautiful doors, mirror in the middle. And I'm like, wow, that really, really took my breath away. And as I got closer to it, I'm like, here we go. I have something that I call my paranormal radar when I go into people's homes. I use the body and all my physical senses, but my energy was pinging. Like I got really quite high. I had brain fog. I was speaking very, very fast. I find that my physical, my speaking, my jaw will actually go out of alignment when there's a lot of paranormal beings around. There's a lot of different signs and symptoms that our bodies will exhibit when these beings are around. And as I got closer to this wardrobe, I just, I had to touch it. Like I said to her, you don't mind? Do you mind if I touch this wardrobe? And she looked at me like I was a bit crazy because you've got to remember, I haven't met this woman before and it was... It was a little bit strange for her, but normal for me. Anyway, I touch this wardrobe. As I touch it, I get the worst cough that you could imagine. Another physical symptom for me, a sudden instantaneous cough 
as I was touching this wardrobe and I found myself kind of caressing it like it needed it needed some attention anyway this wardrobe had absorbed physical violence where a woman had been pushed up against this wardrobe multiple times it was it had absorbed distress, helplessness, sadness, rejection, guilt. There was a whole barrage of emotional imprints that were present within the wardrobe. And the visuals, I know I know about the violence that went on because I was shown in my third eye. Is I was shown, that's what I call a trauma imprint, when there's there's that kind of physical violence that occurs. And I worked with my dowsing and I worked with the higher vibrational beings and we cleared the wardrobe of all the energetic imprints, all the trauma imprints. I asked that it had sort of an energetic flushing of any residual energy. There was five demonic beings lurking. I find the number five is when my paranormal radar really pings off, like I really start to feel quite unwell, I get the cough. They were ready to go. They didn't want to stay. Why stay when I've taken away their food source? So I asked them what they need. You know, do you want to go back out in the environment or do you want to transition into the healing space? And I get waves of them that want to transition, usually around full moon time. They're thinking, I don't know, the energy's different at that time of the month. But most of them, about 90%, go back out into the environment. So they simply left the building. They left the wardrobe. Away they went. Now, I contacted her, I think it was three days ago. She said she was sleeping better, but the room still needed to resettle. Because you can imagine, I did the whole home. So I worked on the land, the home, that wardrobe, and there was another piece of furniture in that home. But that wardrobe had the most imprints that were in it that I've ever seen, like for a very, very long time. Now, I've got another little funny story. I find these funny. I hope I'm not horrifying some people that are out there. The energy world around us is very real. It's just as real as the table and the chair that I'm sitting at. So I was going to bed one night. This is the sort of lifestyle I lead. Going to bed one night, it's late. It's like it's after midnight. And like I'm really, really tired. I get into bed, as you do, roll over, try to get off to sleep, try to relax my mind to get off to sleep. I felt someone sit on the bed. Now, I'm in this house by myself most of the time. No pets. It's just me in this house. And I'm like, okay. I don't get reactive. I don't feed them any fear, any paranoia, because you're creating emotional imprints that they're then going to feed off. So I'm just there and I'm in bed and I'm just like, Okay, I'm just going to stay there. I get this shove in the back and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to react to that because sometimes I create internal hostility. If I then turn around and get a bit mouthy and a bit hostile, I've created hostility that if I build up enough imprints of, then attracts those that like hostility. So I'm learning, learning not to be reactive. I mean, I'm 55. I've been doing this work for around 30 years, you know, I'm still here, still fully functional. I know they're not going to hurt me. So I get this shove and I went, okay, if you need help, please come and wait in my work area and I'll help you in the morning. No, didn't want help. Wanted to have a conversation. 
in the middle of the night. Now, this is one of my podcast episodes. I can't remember the number, but it's called Conversation with a Demon. Now, he was quite interesting. He is, when you look at the dark and the demonic realm, I have to explain this so you understand where he fits in. There's all different levels. So I like to use the analogy of an army. So your dark energy beings are your soldiers. They're the ones running around doing what they're told. Then you head into the sub-commanders, the commanders, the legion generals, and then you've got the big guy if you're talking about the dark realm. So there's lots of different levels of dark and demonic beings. Now, this guy, he was a legion general. So if you imagine massive black horns. Now, again, I did not see this with my physical eyes because these beings are energy. But if you're psychically tuned in, if you use your third eye and your crown chakra all the time, like I do with my work, sometimes you get glimpses of what these beings look like. So this guy is massive. Think of the biggest wrestler that you could imagine and then paint him red and give him cloven hooves and massive black horns. And this being is sitting on my bed and I roll over and I'm like, excuse me, this is my sleep time. My bedroom is out of bounds. If you want to talk to me, please come back when you see me sitting at my work table. No, wanted to have a conversation. (laughs) These beings don't have patience. They don't like dealing with humans very much. But This energy being wanted to have a conversation with me about who I am, why I do what I do. It was really interesting. So they're just as curious about us humans as we are curious about them. They're really, I don't want to use the word harmless. They do affect our physical bodies and our mental and emotional health. If you have mental and emotional underlying conditions or you've got mental and emotional conditions yourself, they can enhance that within you, which can create a little bit of mental disturbance. But these beings are around us all the time, and he just wanted to have a conversation. It was a bit, a little bit like talking to a friend on the phone. Now, after he seemed to be quite happy with my explanation about who I was, he wanted to know why I did what I did and that he didn't really approve. It was so funny. Like I can't remember the whole conversation because it was in the middle of the night. I'm like, humans, they wind down about midnight. You just want to go to sleep. But he was interesting. He just sat there. And when he seemed satisfied with me explaining a few things and he told me a few home truths about how I shouldn't be working with the dark realm and I'm like, well, sorry, but this is what I do. I've been given permission to do this work. I'm sure if they didn't want me doing it, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, I didn't put my hand up for this years ago and go, yep, please, I want to work with dark and demonic beings. It's just kind of evolved. And in a way, I know this is going to sound really odd, I actually have quite a fondness for them because people shun them all the time. Society says they're going to hurt you, they're going to harm you. You know, what you see in the movies makes you feel fearful and afraid. They're only energy feeders. They feed off the energy in homes. They feed off the energy that in people that we create, in places, in pets. So you take away their food source and they're just like, eh, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Are you saying that the movies are not accurate when it comes to dark, demonic beings? Not from my perspective. 
You may get people that will argue with you out there. I've talked to them a lot and they tell me that saging doesn't work. Smudging sage is great for spiritual journeying, for meditation. It has bacterial properties. But saging your home, they just fold their arms and just go and stand in the corner and just have a little conversation to themselves while people are, it's a smoke. I mean, what does it do? You've got to clear the food source because how I got into this work is that I think outside the box with everything. I'm not a very mainstream thinker. And I went, okay, these energy beings are in homes. I've cleared the spirits from this home. It still doesn't feel right. What else is here? Is it elementals? They're the little earth energies that care for nature, spirits, gnomes, fairies, pixies. There's a whole heap of them out there. That's not my speciality, so I can't really talk a lot about them. But I went, okay, so the spirits have left this house. I can't see any, can't feel any. The dowsing tells me there's nothing here. Then I went, here in my head, go deeper. And I went, ah, so we've got some lower vibrational beings here. And I heard this little voice that said, now you're on the right track. Because I'm open to working with them in a very respectful way and learning about them and educating people about the signs and symptoms of when they're in your home, when they're in people. Because sometimes you'll meet someone and all of a sudden you'll go, oh, oh, I'm not really comfortable around that person, but I don't, I've only just met them. What is it about them that makes me feel weird? They may have paranormal beings attached to them. Quite often they're attached to people because of our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our reactions and the emotional imprints that we create. So they actually teach us a lot about ourselves. Now, I use myself as a prime example. I create resentment. That's my trigger emotion. I have another girlfriend who creates unworthy all the time for whatever it is, whatever reason it is in her life, whatever life experiences she's gone through, she creates unworthy. She always attracts the paranormal beings to her that love unworthy, whereas I get the ones that like resentment. So what I've learned is when a situation comes up where I might start to feel resentful towards someone, I go, hang on, how else can I think about this? Think about that person's life. What are they going through at the moment? Is it my place to be resentful towards them? So I've learned not to be resentful about 80% of the time. We're all human. We can't do things 100% of the time. But I find now I don't attract anywhere near the number of paranormal beings that used to like resentment. So they actually teach us a lot about ourselves when we're ready to listen. Now, the movies, you mentioned the movies earlier. There are some things in the movies like the knocking. You'll hear knocking sometimes. I've had clients that have experienced scratches on their backs or they've had night terrors, they've had really bad dreams. But from my experience, I have never seen anyone thrown across a room, rotating in a chair, vomiting, projectiles, spewing up nails, all those sorts of things that you see are created to make us frightened of them. And it simply just creates fear, paranoia, anxiety. People get stressed, they get overwhelmed. I actually can't watch a lot of the paranormal movies anymore because I'm what I class as a paranormal addict because I do this work all the time. I live it, I breathe it. 
24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So I have to be very selective about what I watch because if I get mentally triggered by watching a paranormal movie, sometimes they come into the home. It's hard to explain about how they affect me, but I suffer sleep issues. They're poking and prodding me in bed. Now, as I'm saying that, this isn't for everybody. Not everybody who watches paranormal movies is going to have this reaction. It's just that I am so addicted to learning about them, understanding them, educating the public. I actually wrote a book called The Darkness Around Us, and it outlines who these beings are, a whole chapter on signs and symptoms, a whole chapter on attachment methods. How do they attach to people? Some simple methods you can use to help move spirits from your home, but you really have to know what you're doing when you're working with the dark and the demonic beings because they love they love playing games with us humans. So you have to know how to navigate their thinking. Your book is The Darkness Around Us. How can we find your book? Ah, it's on Amazon. There's a Kindle version as well as a paperback version. And it's a really easy read. It's, it's the way that I'm speaking is the way that I write. It's very easy to understand. I don't use fear. I don't use anything that's going to make you afraid of them, although some people are naturally going to go into fear patterns because of what we've been socially conditioned to think about these beings. But when you understand them, you know how they think, why they do what they do, and you can actually get a heads up. And sometimes you can be two and three steps ahead of them. You mentioned your podcast. What's the name of your podcast? And tell us a little bit about it. Ah, Perfectly Paranormal. Now, I called it that because the paranormal is perfectly normal. <laughs> so Perfectly Paranormal. Yeah, it's on all, it's on all podcasting directories. And I share stories, but I also share the relevant information. Like I'm doing one soon talking about paranormal experiences while you're driving, how they can affect you with your driving. So sometimes people will be experiencing things that isn't actually them causing it. So you've got to understand, you know, driving past accident sites, driving past ceremonial sites where there's been um, massacres or we're talking First Nation people here where there's been a lot of First Nation, I don't like talking about it, it's kind of traumatising even for people like myself, but being aware of what is around us gives you the heads up on understanding how these beings work. Can I give one small example? Sure. Now, I have some really good friends here who I have done house clearing for. I've worked on their property and I've also worked on the family. Now, their eight-year-old son came out one day and he comes from a very loving family. They're country bumpkins. They grow apples and cherries and they've got as many farm animals as you could possibly name. Really nice, simple country folk. This young boy came out and said to his mum, Mummy, I don't know why, but I want to kill myself. Now, when an eight-year-old says that, you're like, hello, there's something going on. Right, she was on the phone to the school psychologist straight away, get him in to see the psychologist. She rang me as well to get an energetic perspective about what this issue was. Now, there's a very, oh, very complex story around what created that little, that boy to say that. 
it's connected to a lady who does a lot of black magic and she sends out demons to hurt people. And she's connected to that family and I've sort of been brought in and other people in a particular town here in Tasmania. I've been brought in by management, which I call the God Source Creator Energy, to give some advice and to help separate this woman who's doing all these harmful satanic practices. Now, she used to be connected to the mother of this child. So she was sending out these demons to hurt the family. And because the young boy is very psychic, like he's really, really psychically open, he was the one that got, he got clobbered with this energy. Now, when I tuned in to him, his mum sent me a photo. I always ask permission. I never, ever do any work without permission because you're invading someone's privacy if you do that. When I tuned into his energy, looking at his photo, I asked permission of his higher self to enter his energy field. I create an energy cord between myself and the client. When I finish the job, it's always closed. Now, when I tuned into that young boy, he had four demonic level beings that had been sent to him. It was a little bit like a psychic attack, if people want to look at it that way. She, this woman from a distance, had attacked him in a way to get to the mother. It's very complex and we don't need to know the whole story. But I honed in on the child, removed any energetic imprints that had come through the cording where these beings had had access to him. I'm going to sound like a total nutcase, but this stuff is so, so real. When I tuned into him, removed the emotional imprints he'd absorbed from the woman sending them, removed the paranormal beings, asked that his chakras were all realigned and that they were all functioning 100%, asked that his energy field was fully flushed of any paranormal residue, any black magic residue, any emotional residue, and then I asked the archangel beings to seal the four tears in his auric field. Now, within two hours, he was back to normal. Outside, running around with the dog, no more talking about wanting to kill himself. He did still see the psychologist just to make sure there isn't anything worrying him about school or something going on at home that we didn't know about. He came back to normal. And it was fascinating because the mum was on it straight away. She messaged me at eight o'clock in the morning and she said, look, he's just come out and told me this. I'm gobsmacked. I just don't know what to do with that. And as a parent would be, why would an eight-year-old who comes from a loving, caring family say, mummy, I think I want to kill myself? That's suggestion. That was a post-hypnotic type suggestion that was implanted into that child's mind. At that age, why would a child say that? Fortunate for him, you were there to help him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, sometimes it is mental health issues. You know, I never, ever doubt that. When I say to people, I won't do energy clearing work on people unless they see their doctor first, they see their mental health practitioner, and then I will look at the energy side of things. Because sometimes the medical will help. It'll help your physical body. The mental health will help you sort out life experiences, give you strategies. Sometimes there's an energetic aspect to what the problem is with the person. So 
from my perspective, you've got to look at it holistically, but energetic clearing is always third on the list. You said you've been doing this for 30 years, at least. How did you begin this journey? Oh, interesting. I've always been psychic. Just There's no other word to explain it. Seeing spirits as a child, feeling them sort of touching me on the shoulder when I'm in bed, seeing them in my dreams, seeing them in the house. But I came from a family that had a mental health background, very strong on my mother's side. And I can talk about it because both parents have passed away now. Very, very, very strong down the schizophrenic trail on my mother's side. So I never, ever told anybody about seeing spirits, even up until I got married at around about the age of 19, nearly 20 and left the house. I still hadn't told anybody because I didn't want to be labelled as having a mental health issue and put on the tablets that my mother was put on at the age of 16. She was taking more pills than I can, I can't even name them just to keep her level. Now, sometimes it's mental health, sometimes it's spiritual or psychic. I'm not a doctor, so I can't give any scientific data about how I understand this. Everything that I share through my YouTube channel, my podcast, through speaking to people in interviews, is all my personal experiences. So I got married, had a family, did all the usual mum things, going to sport, worked down at the local primary school as a teacher assistant, but I still had this underlying interest in the paranormal and it just kept coming back. And you know how they say if you're meant to do something, it will find its way to you. So I was at a local thrift shop one day I found a deck of tarot cards, like my first deck of cards, and I'm like, oh, how exciting, I might get those. But my partner didn't believe in any of this. He was sceptical and a little bit frightened and and quite strong-minded, so I thought, how do I do this? So I bought them anyway, so funny, and I hid them on my side of the bed. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. And I used to go to bed early and I'd do little readings sort of in my in bed. So I didn't do it openly, didn't do it in the kitchen like I work now, didn't talk about it. It was all just personal. And as I got more into it, I went, cards aren't really for me. I like them, but they're not me. I did like hands, however, and numbers. So I used to do palmistry and numerology for about 10 years. And I was dabbling in probably at the end of sort of mid-20s, heading into 30, doing the house clearing work because I'm just so sensitive to the environment. And I think that very first deck of cards opened me up a little bit. And then I started doing more and more and more and living in that spiritual high all the time. So sort of living in the brow and the crown chakra energy up here all the time is that I was so tuned into the environment. This is what I sort of termed the paranormal radar terminology that I use. It's like going to people's homes and I'd be like, oh, what's going on in here? Oh yeah, my husband and I, we had a barney of an argument last night. He was throwing things and I was swearing. And I'm like, that happened over there, didn't it? How do you know that? I said, I can feel it. So very early on, it wasn't, they didn't throw me, my support team, my spiritual support team didn't throw me into working with demonic beings straight away because I reckon that would have been a bit of a mind spin, is they introduced me to sensing energy in the environment, whether it be homes, around people, at the school I used to work at, travelling on the bus, 
I'll never forget sitting in the red couch at my son's um, hairdressers. I was fine when I went in there and he was at the barber's, need the haircut. And I thought, I'll just sit in the couch. How many people sit in that couch and how long has it been there? That's what I want to know. As soon as I sat down, I went, oh, I don't feel well. I started to get these vibrations in my body. My head was spinning. I didn't have low blood sugar or anything. I literally just had lunch before we left. So it wasn't a physical issue. No, it's not a mental health issue. And I went, why do I feel angry? And I felt like I wanted to punch the the arm of the chair where I was sitting. I wanted to punch. So whoever had been sitting there most recently had been in an angry state and they're sitting there fuming while they're waiting to get their hair cut. So this is where I sort of started. And as I delved into it, I just used to walk into a lot of people's homes that have me over for a visit or they'd go, I hear you do house clearing. Could you please come to my home? The bathroom feels very, very uncomfortable. I feel like someone's watching me in the shower. And I walked into one lady's house one day and I said to her, look, can I go to your bathroom? And she said, yes, this was the bathroom lady I just mentioned. I went, look, I need to stand in your bath. (laughs) So there I am standing in the bath. It was so funny. She's like, what are you doing? I said, look, I use my body as the dowsing tool because I hadn't really got into using a pendulum sort of, I don't know, eight hours a day like I do now. I'm standing in the bath and I'm letting it, letting my body feel what is there. And then I felt something walk up to me, stand right in my face. In It wasn't a spirit. And I went, okay, so what's this? It was like, how can I explain it? A very dense patch of fog that you can't see. It was like a shift in the room. And the woman said to me, she said, look, that's it. That's what whatever's in this room, that's what's watching me in the shower. And she said, look, I, I can't even come into the bathroom anymore. So I went home totally fascinated by this bathroom. And that energy being wouldn't have come to me unless I'd gone and stood in the bath. This is where I follow, where I'm guided to go and to check out places and buildings. Now, I do this long distance now. I mean, I've worked in Italy, Taiwan, China. I do a lot of work in the UK, do a lot of work in the US and in Canada. Obviously, I don't get on a plane and fly there, but I'm very sensitive to the address. So this is where if someone sends me an email, we've had the Zoom conversation, yep, I'm employing you to do the work. They'll send me an email with their house address, a photo of the front and the back of the house, and any outbuildings like sheds, garages, anything like that, and they'll do me the floor plan. I cannot open it until the day that I start the work because the paranormal beings start to come in an influx. And if I'm already working on a job for someone, say, here in Tasmania, I don't want what I call cross-contamination from a house in Canada that's got paranormal beings in it that are sensing that I'm doing the work and they're getting a bit agitated and they're coming to do the argy-bargy stuff of the night time. It's really, it's quite fascinating, this work. I really love it. Can I share one more story? I know I'm probably going away over time. Go ahead. There's a particular house in America. This is one of my very early learning experiences with addresses. This is why I don't look at addresses anymore. This man who used to be in a group that I belonged to, He was bragging how he'd gone into this property to do an energy clearing. 
and he'd had the holy water and the crucifix and he'd done the saging and said the prayers and done, done his process. Anyway, he sends me an email and he's bragging about going to this particular place. And he didn't share the address at that stage, but this is how these energy beings work. It's like they've got their big brother radar out. Those beings are in a very well-known haunted place in the United States. I won't say where because it'll activate them and they'll know I'm talking about them. They got so upset that my internet started to fail. I had electrical problems in the home. I was having walking difficulties. I was having constant nightmares that was pulling on my blankets. There was all this stuff going on since I had the conversation with that man. And he also told our sort of group leader at that time. He got the same story because this man just liked to share his stories, just like I'm doing. But there was a bit of a nasty intent to it. It wasn't just sharing the story. There was ego. There was bragging. There was look at me, look at me type stuff. And the demonic beings don't take kindly. This is where the respect comes in. I share my information like I'm talking to you. This is how I write. This is how I do my podcast is that it's relaxed. It's friendly. There's no putting them down. There's no, there's no being disrespectful. So he sent the same information to my, our sort of group leader. He had the same problems in his home. He said his cats and his dogs wouldn't come into the house. He and his wife started arguing out of nowhere. He was having sleep issues. He couldn't do his Zoom calls, his internet. And I sat down and I went, what's going on? Because he messaged me and went, there's something up. And I went, yep. So I looked at, who have you, who have you spoken to recently? Oh, such and such sent me an email. And I went, ah. So I shared some of the information from my email and he went, yep, it's pretty much cut and paste. And I went, I know what's going on. He's aggravated the demonic level beings at that location. They've been listening because this other person and I do a lot of house clearing work. We're seen as a threat. So therefore, if we're seen as a threat, they're going to use all sorts of tactics. My car wouldn't work. There was all sorts of things. The back door wouldn't even lock, but the whole place was just in a real schmozzle. When I sat down, sat in this very spot here where I'm sitting now, and I went, okay, this is how woo-woo this stuff gets. I just sat here and I went, all right, I would like to address the paranormal beings that are at wherever it is that I said the man's name, wherever it is, say Fred Bloggs sent me that email. I would like to humbly apologize for him bragging about coming into your location. I'm really sorry that you had to deal with him. He wasn't very respectful. My mate in England and myself, we have no intention of coming near the location where you are inhabiting. So please just go home and stay there. I think I may have repeated it a couple of times just to make sure the message got across. Within two hours, everything returned to normal. I love it. Good job. Yeah, my physical body went back to normal. The internet was fine. The lighting in the house didn't flicker. It felt peaceful in the house. It didn't feel like there was 25 people all walking around here that I couldn't see and they were upset and they were 
They were sort of vibing at me that they weren't happy. So this is how this paranormal stuff works, is you have to be extremely respectful. You have to understand how they work. They don't mind people doing paranormal investigations in locations, but be respectful. Ask permission to enter the property and just go about your business in a respectful way because they're not then going to follow you home. You know, I used to work as a paranormal tour guide and we were never allowed to tell people that spirits will follow you home, but they do. I can say that now because I don't work for that person anymore. They will follow you home and they just hang about. I mean, this is spirit level energy. We're not talking a lot of vibrational beings. Spirits will follow you home because if you've shown them attention through talking to them, through spirit boxes and through your EVPs and all, I've done all that. I love it. Like that's part of my paranormal addiction. They will actually come to your house. Like little Johnny comes here sometimes and I reckon because I've said his name and I can see his face in my mind, he's either here now or he'll be here later on today just to say hello. And then once he's been here for a while, I'll just say, look, it's been really nice to see you again, Johnny. Can you please go home now? And away he'll go. That's interesting. I didn't realize they will follow you home. I thought they stayed at the haunted house. No, you show them interest. And if you show them enough interest, like another lady had an issue here where she went to a front door in the middle of the night. She heard the three knocks. We always hear the three knocks. And she went to a front door and she was quite psychic and she saw a child that she had seen at this particular site here in Tasmania. And I had to go in and cleanse her home because what had presented as a spirit was actually not a spirit. It was some dark energy beings who then, because she said, oh, you can come and stay. You can come into my house. Never invite them in because they will stay. They don't sleep. They don't eat. And they'll be bouncing on your bed and jumping up and down and pulling your hair and poking you in the eye and doing all sorts of things all the time. That's the dark energy level being. Spirits tend to just waft around your house and they'll hang around you because they're a bit lonely. But yet be very careful what you intentionally invite into your home. Listening to everything that you've said makes me think about secondhand furniture that I've purchased, clothing that I've purchased that was pre-owned. Now, if somebody chooses to buy used furniture, go to the thrift shop and purchase clothing, what do you recommend they do after they purchase it? There's no emotional imprint or spirits or dark demons attached. Yeah, yeah. Clothing will leave to last. I haven't had any issues with clothing yet, but I get a lot of calls for furniture because we're going to go back and talk at an energy level again. Everything is energy. Like So this table I'm sitting at here, this is absorbing all the energy that I'm creating. So you imagine if there's negative energy imprint, someone's hurt or they were angry or there was alcoholism in the house, furniture absorbs at an energetic level. Now, you can, of course, clean your furniture, which we all do, but you need to find a medium or someone like myself who can energetically clean the furniture for you. And I do this pretty much all from photos. Like there's a lady here who sent me the photo of a hue and pine table that she inherited from her father-in-law. 
So she sent me a photo and went, look, I love it, but it feels icky and I don't want it in the house till you've looked at it. Whereas the wardrobe, I actually saw that in person and that was so strong, the energy attached to that. This can apply to jewellery. Now, I don't want to make people feel paranoid or frightened about buying secondhand things. Not everything is going to have negative energetic imprints attached to it or paranormal beings. But most things, if it's a couch and it's been sat on for the last 10 years or if it's a table that you've sat at and, you know, there's six chairs that come with it, lots of energy is created. All the energetic imprints are created around furniture. I especially find things that you sit on or you sleep on. Beds are a big one because who doesn't ruminate about their day when they go to bed? Now, it can be positive things. I had a great day and everything went well and I love my life. Or it could be right down the other end of the track where you just feel like your life's just not worth living sometimes. You know, people have all sorts of things that go on in their lives. But yet furniture, jewellery, rings, earrings, I cleared a pair of earrings for a dear friend of mine. Now, these were brand new, handcrafted from recycled metal. The lady who had made them must have been in a really bad way, mentally, emotionally. I think she was getting divorced. There was something going on. The energetic imprints that I read or I find within items or homes actually tell the history of the people who have slept on them, sat on them, you know, lived in the home. Like the wardrobe told the story of the woman who'd been thrust up against it and been sort of violently sort of shaken, like I could see the shaking and the man smelt like he'd been drinking, you know, a whole bottle of scotch or something. I get sensory stuff as well sometimes. But it's important to be aware if the energy in your home changes when you bring in that beautiful antique table. You know, not every piece of furniture is going to absorb imprints. But if the home changes, if your behavior changes, like the earrings, my friend said, I can't wear them. As soon as I put them on, I get depressed. I start getting angry at people. And I went, that's not you. Send me a photo. I cleared the earrings. Now she wears them quite happily. So it's just awareness. This is why I started the podcast, started the YouTube channel, wrote the book, is just to give people the awareness of energetic imprints in the environment and what comes with it, which is your dark and your demonic level beings. Your podcast name is Perfectly Paranormal. That's it. And your YouTube is Paranormal Specialist. Yep. And a Paranormal Specialist. Yep. Or at Paranormal Specialist. At Paranormal Specialist. I'll put all those links in the episode notes. Lovely. It's been wonderful chatting with you. This is just so lovely. I love talking about what I do. I'd love to hear more stories, but... <laughs> I can tell and I really enjoy listening to your stories and I could listen to you for hours, but we just we just have to quit at some point, right? Yeah, I know. I always have to be very aware that I talk a lot about this because I'm so passionate about helping to educate people. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. I need the interviewer to cut me off at some stage and just go, you know, enough is enough for today. <laughs> Well, you're always welcome to come back if you have, which I know I shouldn't say if, 
when you want to talk about more stories because they're all so different and fascinating. Yeah, that's the thing is that I make it relatable. That's why people tell me they like me and they feel I'm genuine and I'm authentic because the stories I tell aren't, they're not fantasized in any way. They're not dramatized. They're just like, yeah, I can now understand why no one sits in that cubicle at the pub. No one will go near it. And there must be something in there energetically and paranormal-wise is that people just don't want to sit there. So it gives people that awareness. So I'm just, I get very excited about talking about what I do. I just, I live it, you know, it's just my lifestyle. I have another question. Sure. Cemeteries. What can you say about cemeteries? Because people tend to be afraid to go to cemeteries at night. But earlier you said that spirits are not only out at night, they're out all the time. So what can you tell us about cemeteries? Yeah, yeah. I've done a little bit of walking around cemeteries during the day, but also at night. Spirits are here all the time. I actually got chased out of a cemetery by a spirit caretaker. I'd say the caretaker of the, of the cemetery had died at some stage. And because he recognized whether my energy shines in a different way or whether I put out a different vibe, he followed me the whole time. Now, he wasn't a dark or a demonic being. He was simply on duty, taking care of the cemetery. He's like, what are you doing here? He talked to me through a spirit box because I love spirit boxes. They're a great way to actually hear the voices of who you, your brain tells you is there or your senses tell you that are there. So spirits are, are around day and night. Some stay and are connected to where they've passed. A lot of them stay in their homes. So you'll find that they'll go back to their homes. Like Johnny, I mean, he would have been buried somewhere but he's come back to the facility that he knew as home. So spirits are around all the time. I actually got a very nasty electric shock from something in a cemetery one night. I was out with some friends doing some paranormal investigation and I heard in my head in a very raspy voice, turn around. And I said out loud, no, 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 sorry, no, not turning around. I'm just visiting. Same with those beings in that house that felt threatened. Whatever this was in the cemetery must have felt threatened. Now, I don't know if it was a spirit or a lower vibrational being because this was quite early on in my learning about this. I'm just wandering around with my spirit box and just talking and zoning in and listening to see if there's anyone that would like to say hello. And I get this very raspy voice that said, turn around. And I went, no, not doing it. And because I didn't, I got this electric shock in the back of my knee that nearly, nearly knocked me over. And I made a very quick walk back to the car and got in the car. Now, my friend who was with us, she actually drove us there to this site. She said, what are you doing in the car? I went, no, I think I've had enough for the night. I think I've had enough. There's something over there that is not very happy, doesn't want either me here or us here. She went over there, as we do. We want to know what it is, our human curiosity. She went over there and she got an electric shock and her brain went, not brain fog, it was a little bit more than brain fog. This, whatever it was, this energy being was not happy and it kind of attacked her mentally. She felt a little bit unstabilized. It wasn't brain fog, it was a little bit more than that. So after that experience in the cemetery, we all kind of got in the car and left. 
But I've been to cemeteries at other times, never had any issues. I've had little voices come and talk to me. I've had, because I worked in a school, I'm very uh, child-friendly. So quite often spirits, child spirits will come and find me like Johnny. I get on really well with the younger people. And these little spirits will come and tug on me or they'll wrap themselves around your leg like we all did when we were like, I don't know, two years old and we'd go around the house, you know what I mean, like a little toddler will sort of wrap themselves around the lower part of your leg and you'll sort of walk around the house just as a bit of a gameplay type thing. Yeah, yeah. I would get quite often feeling like I was wearing moon boots when I was in cemeteries because any children's spirits that were there just wanted to play. It was like playtime. Someone here can see us, can talk to us, wants to play with us. And that person was you. Yeah, it was me. They come all the time. I actually got told off one night from my um, the lady who I used to do paranormal investigations with because a particular house at that site had been a home for doctors and their families. And these families back in sort of the late or the early 1900s had maybe five, six, seven children, big families. And the children would have passed away possibly from you know, diphtheria, tetanus, scarlet fever, those sorts of things. And she'd be in that house with a group of people that night doing the paranormal tours, but yet there were no spirits to be seen because I wasn't on the job that night, but all the spirits were here because I'm trying to watch TV and I'm ignoring them because I know she's got a tour on and I don't want to interact with them because I know that they'll stay. But the children climbed on my knee. I felt pressure on my knee. I felt sort of... um when a child sort of hugs into you here, they sort of want to cuddle and they sort of snuggle up into here. It was just it was just fascinating. And she messaged me afterwards and she went, I was at that site today with some people. We had very little activity. She said, are they home with you? And I went, yes, I'm sorry. I didn't ask them here. They just showed up. And I did say to them a few times, you need to go home now. You need to go home now. And they're like, no, we're staying. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Another lovely story. Well, thank you, Anna, for being the paranormal specialist on my podcast today. You're welcome. It's been wonderful. It's been lovely sharing some information with your listeners, and I've really enjoyed your company today. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time, and may your magic always shine. <laughs> <laughs>